0: radical left has taken over the Democratic Party. Hello and welcome to Think Progressively, covering politics and all the other chaos life has to offer. This is episode 70, recorded on Friday, August 12th from Milwaukee. I'm Joe.
1: And I'm Jason.
0: And on today's episode, we discuss what happened in the recent primary elections and what that means for November. But first, the headlines. Up yours,
1: woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Welcome back, Joe. Hello. We were off last week. We were. Joe was out of town.
0: I was going to the great state of Minnesota. So we have a lot of headlines this week.
1: Yeah, the well, and one particular headline, which is the ever-evolving story at this which point.
0: Maybe should have been the the main segment, but we were a little too late,
1: and I think it still might dominate. It still uh, might, yeah, right. Just wait until next week. (laughs) So let's start it off with a update, a quick update to a main topic from a few weeks ago. Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner was sentenced in Russia on Tuesday uh, to nine years. Nine freaking years. For her drug charges. I know it sounds bad, and it is. Hopefully, she will have to serve only slightly more, as she's been in custody since February, I believe. Yeah. This means her being officially sentenced means that the Russian State Department is more open to negotiations, whereas before they were saying, well, she's not even been convicted of anything. We can't negotiate a prisoner swap with someone who's not a prisoner. And I'm still,
0: still seeing people today trying to justify right well police. she
1: she knew what she was doing and you have to pay the penalty if you do the thing
0: well if, if someone came to the united states and murdered someone i mean i expect <laughs> them to go to jail for murder
1: right yeah for what it's, they're supposed to do not nine years for a little bit of thc man well and the fact that she's being charged with drug smuggling Right. When it was just a mistake and just for personal use, and she gets a drug tested in the league that she plays in and is never tested positive. She's clearly not using what would be an illegal substance in Russia while she's in Russia. It was just a mistake and she's just being it's, harshly it, dealt with because of the current relationship between Russia and the United States.
0: And she's literally a political prisoner, that's what it is. Yes.
1: I'm much more open to the those pointing out the hypocrisy that Americans are appalled at this sentence when we put people in jail for much longer for marijuana charges here in the United States. Right. Uh, I'm much more sympathetic to that and you know, would certainly say, yes, we need to, as we have brought up before, we need to federally legalize marijuana and expunge the records of anyone who has ever been arrested with marijuana and let them all out of jail as quickly as possible. And yep. uh, I'm fine with that. I completely agree. So let's move on to our next story.
0: we got some fun updates.
1: Yeah. Another update, uh, this time the PACT Act for giving health care to veterans who were exposed to toxic substances.
0: We talked about how the crazy Republicans switched their votes last time and shot the bill down to crazy outrage by veterans everywhere.
1: And most people everywhere. Oh, yeah, because it was really stupid. It's definitely our duty as a country when we put people in harm's way to then take care of them. But because the Democrats and Joe Manchin agreed on a budget reconciliation bill, that meant that Republicans had to vote down you know the next bill that came up and obviously there was a lot of outrage about it the republican spin was that oh we just wanted to be able to vote on some amendments to the bill yeah (laughs) that was our big thing which all three amendments failed and then the bill passed, passed anyway <laughs> yeah, with you know much larger support I think it was I think there was only 11 people that voted against it yeah uh, immediately changed their tunes oh we we really just wanted to to be able to try to get these amendments and that's the only reason we voted against it I don't think anyone's believing that I, we're happy that it got passed it's it's something that there's no reason to not vote for this you know there's I will we'll get to the the budget reconciliation the inflation bill whatever they're calling it in a second and you know i certainly have a lot of problems with that one i give you a lot of problems with the chips act just about any piece of legislation you can find where they're just dumping money into corporations for no reason but uh, there's nothing like that in this bill there's no there was no reason to vote against this bill whatsoever for republicans they did it purely out of spite right. and it backfired tremendously
0: no i can't remember does need he go back to the house or is it already good to go
1: go Uh, it is going to be signed into law came out of the house and that's when they changed that minor detail with the rural hospitals and they don't that's why it had to be voted on again by the Senate so yes now it will be uh, signed by President Biden cool and more good news the climate bill the inflation reduction act of 2022 Joe Manchin's big bill that he almost didn't support even though it's very much written in his his favor, there's specifically pipeline support, uh, money for pipelines in there, including the Green Mountain Pipeline, which I believe is the one that's in his state of West Virginia that specifically will benefit him and his energy interests that he owns. There is a lot of language favoring fossil fuels over renewable energy. Yeah, there is. It's not a great bill. I can, I mean, I understand why a lot of Democrats voted for. It. it is necessary. We need more funding for climate, which this is the largest climate bill in U.S. It's history, history. Yep. but
0: it's not great. Well, I think one of the big things was the so the capped insulin was taken out by the oh god what was it the parliamentarian parliamentarian thank you very much so they tried to hold the vote
1: anyway on the capped insulin and that failed so yeah the the story behind that is they wanted to lower or limit the cost of out of out of pocket for insulin to thirty five to be thirty five dollars for anyone with insurance right and the parliamentarian ruled that. You couldn't do that, that it had to be Medicare only, that um, with private insurance, they're not linked together. There's no way that changing the price for Medicare recipients should have an impact on people with private insurance, which, of course, what are drug companies going to do now that they're losing profit from Medicare patients? What do you think their response is going to be? To Get
0: those prices up, baby! Raise
1: the prices on everyone else. So not only are costs not capped, to. $35 for people that are not on Medicare. Their prices will, in fact, now be going up to protect the profits of one of the richest industries, as we talked about in our universal healthcare episode. They have profits of over a trillion dollars every year. The pharmaceutical industry, which, of course, with those profits, they then buy politicians. And that's why you had this outcome. And that's why we can't get any kind of reform. And even the, the The part of this bill that deals with letting Medicare negotiate prices... For prescription drugs It's only 10 prescription drugs And it doesn't take effect Until 2026 So even though People are starting To campaign On this bill passing And saying they're You know We passed this bill To keep prescription prices Lower for seniors They can make those claims But they're The people that They're telling it to Are not going to see that uh, At least until 2026 Right So you know Use that one At your own risk I would say If you're telling people That you fought To keep their drug prices down And they don't see any change, then yeah. You're not going to look like a very effective politician.
0: Right, exactly.
1: So yes, a lot of things in this bill that I don't really like. Kirsten Cinema did support it. She killed the earned interest tax loophole, closing that, yeah. uh, which only benefits hedge fund investors and like uh, big real estate investors so Kirsten Cinema is showing you what is important to her who she is in Washington working for and it's not the people of Arizona it is the richest Americans the people that donate to her and where she hopes to get a job after she is done in politics.
0: Oh yeah, without a doubt and let's turn over to our final story. The biggest news out of the South. The craziness that happened. I'm talking about CPAC.
1: Okay, maybe not CPAC, right? Yeah, I don't think anyone paid attention to CPAC. CPAC news just got quickly buried. I mean despite They were super racist. Trump was really dumb. They got a literal like fascist dictator from (laughs) Europe. To speak.
0: They did. They got a literal fascist Victor Orban to speak, and Trump said some vague stuff that could be construed as he was running for president, and then that's it. They're super racist like usual. Moving on. The real story was the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. For those of you who have been apparently living under a rock or something, the FBI conducted a search of Mar-a-Lago, Trump's residence, for, of now what we know, of many top-secret classified
1: documents. This is an investigation that has been ongoing all- all year, according to the FBI and Department of Justice, there was supposedly a subpoena in the spring uh, to get these records back. Some records were turned over. They were doing interviews with some workers at Mar-a-Lago. And basically someone said that, no, there's actually a bunch more of these records and told them the type of records that they had there and where they were. And in fact, initially (laughs) there was not even a lock On the door where these records were being kept, and it was by direction of the Department of Justice that they even put a padlock (laughs) on the door. (laughs) So literally, there's like top secret records. And Mar-a-Lago, there has been incidents there. There was a Chinese spy, yeah, literally got into Mar-a-Lago, and now we know like they could have easily come across these documents.
0: Well, and when we're talking about ongoing, like it's happening as we speak,
1: where we were
0: talking right before we were recording earlier maybe like what three hours ago we saw the unsealed search warrant from the fbi that merrick garland requested the court to release to the public
1: correct yeah it's changing every hour more information is coming out so probably by the time you hear this some of this information is going to have changed or might uh, be old by then but we'll do our best we do know that the attorney general merrick garland was the person who authorized this search that was the direction of conspiracy
0: <laughs> it was that, a conspiracy. We now know that.
1: It was the direction of Trump's attorney general, Bill Barr, who released a memo stating that any presidential candidate being investigated should go through the attorney general. So just kind of following that direction that Trump's own attorney general had put forth. And of course, the head of the FBI is also a Trump appointee, Christopher Ray. Lies. Fake news. <laughs> so all of these Trump people that are <laughs> kind of behind this. And, of course, it's all a radical left-wing conspiracy. That radical leftist Merrick Garland.
0: So let's talk about what was actually in this search warrant for these people that now have been unsealed to the public. It will include the warrants for you all later in the show notes as well, if you guys want to go take a look at it. Federal agencies is just one
1: set of, quote, top secret slash SCI documents. It's like special compartmentalized intelligence. It's the top I like, it's, level it's,
0: yeah it's like big 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 bad stuff but it's all the good stuff you know it's like you never want anyone <laughs> to see it so according to the search warrant receipt that they actually have itemized list of um agents also took four sets of top secret documents three sets of secret documents three sets of confidential documents and then there were also a clemency
1: thing for roger stone that was in there and something pertaining to the president of france
0: yeah and then like a very secret and like very villainy sounding like leather was like leather bound folder or something of documents as well. I'm like that sounds very professional and very And mysterious. this is like I a know huge amount. Like they it showed a lot. <laughs> the yeah, it
1: was it was quite a lot of documents.
0: I mean literally and they didn't like say actually what all these documents were. It was more so of like box labeled as A14, a, labeled as A26, labeled as A43, labeled as A13 and just kept going blah 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 blah. So there's like a lot of that in here. So there aren't really two specific things but literally yeah, just info press President of France, binder of photos, binder of photos, handwritten note. So very vague stuff overall.
1: And the search warrant also identified three federal crimes that the Justice Department is looking at as part of the investigation. They include violations of the Espionage Act, (laughs) obstruction of justice, and criminal handling of government records. Now, as most people are saying, they expect the president's defense to be that he somehow declassified these documents. Yeah.
0: We expect that, or we're literally seeing it as we speak?
1: Well, uh, nothing is official until they actually get in front of a judge, but that's what is expected to be the defense, is that, all these aren't classified documents. Trump unilaterally declassified them before he absconded with them from the White House. no, he didn't. And he doesn't have the power to declassify some of these documents by himself anyway. Right. And even if all of that were true, it doesn't matter none of the laws that are cited actually pertain specifically to the secrecy level of the documents
0: okay well what about the defense of well what about obama
1: <laughs> what about obama as trump said on uh, truth social after denying initially that he had anything pertaining to nuclear weapons which was the report from the washington post yeah that came out earlier uh, and he said that uh, nu- the nuclear weapons it's a hoax just like Russia, Russia, Russia <laughs> was a hoax. Which of course, Russia, Russia, Russia was not a hoax. People were indicted and went to jail, and then Trump pardoned his friends who lied to the FBI about their collusion with Russia in order to Man, win I, the presidency. In I 2016. really
0: wish we were recording when we were going through that Scott Adams list because <laughs> literally, it does, that's literally all it is now. It's like, well, if you believe in all these crazy conspiracy theories, I guess you probably still believe in this one too, and it was. Just 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 the most nonsense thing, where it's like, of course, the Russia collusion hoax, or you know, the there was actually a January sixth insurrection. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, Scott Adams is dumb. I I used to like Dilbert when I was like younger. No more Dilbert. Yeah, it's unfortunate that, and I mean, like Dilbert, the Dilbert that that I knew was just about how much like bosses and and work sucks, and people who are in power over you are actually idiots, and they don't actually belong in the positions they're at, and you have to suffer for it I feel like Dibber that's would be like, not a
0: conservative <laughs> message no but I feel like Diver would be Diver would have been like a never Trumper like he'd still be conservative Republican you know like like a suburban white dude but he'd be like a, a smarter never Trumper type yeah am, I, am uh, I off
1: on that I don't know. I just to me it's it, none of it reads as conservative well no like the the people that run the corporations are all idiots and the workers are the ones that actually do everything it's a it is like m- much more of a left you know union pro-union message of, you know, we need to take the power away from the idiots and give it to the workers. And then Scott Adams is insane. I I don't get it. So let's just finish (laughs) that point. So Trump did his normal okay, first there was nothing with nuclear weapons, that's a hoax, but then seemed to completely flop and say, and this is on Truth Social, President Barack Hussein Obama kept 33 million pages of documents, much of them classified. How many of them pertain to Nuclear Word is. Lots. Just word, word is. Word is. Word is. Yeah. The, the guy who cuts my hair told me. <laughs> the response from the National Archives and Records Administration, or NARA, which preserves and maintains records after a president leaves office, said this afternoon...
0: Which the fact that they have to even come out and say anything
1: <laughs> is just bad enough. I, I want to make that very clear. Like, what are we doing here? Come on! Uh, they said that the National Archives assumed exclusive legal and physical custody of Obama presidential records when Obama left office in 2017, in accordance with the Presidential Records Act. NARA moved approximately 30 million pages of unclassified records to a NARA facility in the Chicago area, where they are maintained exclusively by NARA. Additionally, NARA maintains the classified Obama presidential records in a NARA facility in the Washington, D.C. area, as Required by the presidential records act former president obama has no control over where and how Nara stores the presidential records of his administration completely debunking this latest you're saying that obama just theory. didn't
0: have a bunch of boxes in his house <laughs> and nuclear not even codes in his
1: house in but like in a <laughs> club where other people like random people have access to Jesus. Okay, but as like a side, real quick,
0: thirty million records,
1: thirty million pages. That's a lot. That is That's an a awful lot of
0: pages. That seems like a waste of paper and space. <laughs> it I'm is. not. I'm not going to deny. Throw that on like a thumb drive or something. Right. right? That'd be like one iPad. Yeah. Reminds me of like that South Park episode, like way back with World of Warcraft, where they had like that magical sword on the USB drive and just like, oh, just like (laughs) holding a little USB. Have all the information in the universe. But no, like, so I want to talk about that as a segue going into the conspiracism surrounding this because we've been seeing a lot of crazy conspiracy style takes. Well,
1: it is, that is the, modern republican party so
0: let's let's talk about some of these conservative takes the first ones i want to say are about now we need to defund the police
1: right the the welcome new lefties candace owens and marjorie taylor, and green? Marjorie taylor green and matt gates yeah they want to defund the intelligence agencies which you know i'm on board for let's do it friend to leftists everywhere in american intelligence agencies there was never such a thing as the red scare you know they didn't investigate people like the black panther party or anyone who was in a leftist organization during the civil rights movement they're always they're always friend to the leftist organizations they always go after those conservatives <laughs> So, yeah, let's get rid of them. Let's go. You want to read the Candace I Owens quote?
0: So, from Candace Owens herself, the mighty conservative crusader, the FBI must be legally and formally dissolved. What happened to President Trump is positively stunning and a mark of unchecked government power. I no longer recognize the country I live in. Left or right, we must all come together to fight this evil.
1: And again, I'm all for it. I And don't qualified think you know immunity. Yeah, I don't think you know what you're asking for, Candace, but... <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it before she changes her mind.
0: And much more dangerously, in my personal opinion, is that now you have tons of conspiracy theories based from Republicans, including people like Rand Paul, which I'm I'm so done with him, about how the- Again,
1: Rand Paul's neighbor is a hero.
0: about how the FBI has been planting evidence during that search to make it so that they can incriminate Donald Trump on something. Now, Rand went on Fox News, which we'll include in a video in the show notes, and he was just kind of merely suggesting, saying, well, I don't really know. You know, who knows what could happen with the FBI nowadays? I can't trust him anymore.
1: but then you have people hey man i uh, thought cops never plant evidence or no kidding but then
0: you have people like jesse waters on fox news who explicitly claimed that the fbi had planned evidence quote what the fbi is probably doing is planting evidence which is what they did during the russia hoax we also have a hunch they doctored evidence a hunch no kidding to get the warrant again what they did during the russia hoax
1: what <laughs> what The FBI is a perfectly legitimate organization until they go after a conservative. What is happening? Then they're just part of the deep state. Have one, have
0: one consistent thought in your entire (laughs) goddamn movement. Oh my God.
1: Well, that's why they didn't even have a platform in the last GOP convention. Their platform is just, I don't know, whatever Trump wants. And that's exactly what this is. Trump's mad at the FBI, so we all have to hate the FBI now, too. We have a quote from Marjorie Taylor Greene, queen of the QAnon conspiracy. I think there is an extremely high probability that the FBI planted quote-unquote evidence, which I don't know why why you would (laughs) but whatever, against President Trump. Otherwise, why would they not allow his attorneys or anyone watch them while they conducted their unprecedented raid? They know the consequences of an empty-handed power move. I think that's a P90X thing, right? Empty (laughs) handed power move Uh, and he also had Donald Trump himself the FBI and others... Well, maybe I do the voice. Please do the voice, because I can't. The FBI oh and God. others <laughs> from the federal government would not let anyone, including my lawyers, very best lawyers, everyone tells me so, be anywhere near the areas that were rummaged and otherwise looked at during the raid on mar Everyone was asked to leave the premises. Very nice premises, by the way. Very, very classy. They wanted to be left alone without any witnesses to see what they were doing, taking, or hopefully not planting. Why did they strongly insist on having nobody watching them? Everybody out. Obama and Clinton were never raided, <laughs> despite big disputes.
0: What? Oh, my head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why wouldn't you want everyone to be following you around while you're conducting a you know, I'm thinking, search warrant?
0: Like when I had raid. when I had a um, an appliance repair guy at my house recently, I intentionally gave him space because I didn't want some guy just looking over him the entire time. I could not imagine what an FBI agent would have to go through with these. This is the most Karen thing I've ever seen about the FBI. Like I'm going to one star review the FBI because they wouldn't let me watch them.
1: Well, and the thing is, too, how do they know? know who is supposed to like be authorized. Right. Like uh Trump wasn't there. They did it specifically. The the FBI did everything they could to not turn this into a big thing. They didn't have like the the normal those blue FBI jackets with the yellow lettering. They just went down there in suits. They went at like 10 AM. They could have gone daybreak, which is what they usually do, and that's what the search warrant allowed them to do is to go at 6 a.m. Yep. They didn't do that. They did it at a time when trump wasn't there they did everything to be differential to the former president and it didn't matter like they should have just, just knocked the door it. down and yeah you know because it, it's not gonna make any difference you're gonna react like you did anyway and yeah and that's where we're at now they're being accused of planting evidence which somehow they got a hold of top secret documents <laughs> and then planted them right at, at mar-a-lago and you know they, they have someone on the Inside telling them the documents were there yeah, but and they've been trying to get them for eight months now
0: right well that's what concerns me because you're literally poisoning the well not you but they are literally right. poisoning the well with this where if anything happens now they can immediately dismiss it as just fake news implanted which evidence. is well
1: that's what that's <laughs> the plan that's
0: been donald trump's presidency, right and what scares me is that this is dangerous this is 100 straight up dangerous a guy literally went to an fbi office and tried to breach
1: it in cincinnati he had like a nail gun yes just shooting at people
0: literally and they had to kill him
1: yeah he was holed up for quite a while yeah
0: and of course this guy was at the january 6th insurrection right
1: so definite Trumper, true believer was trying to attack the fbi for what they did to dear leader donald trump
0: and then even on top of that you have trump save america pack constantly fundraising over this siphoning even more money from believers
1: yep i saw uh lawrence o'donnell on his show <laughs> had got an email a fundraising email within hours oh my god of this saying like oh the fbi rated mar-a-lago give can you give forty dollars now to help us defend jesus christ man meanwhile you look at pictures of mar-a-lago it's disgusting everything is like gold-plated right Ugh. but i need forty dollars for my legal defense fund
0: that's all we have for this story right now it's still ongoing we we don't know anything else we've got nothing else well
1: there probably what has been more since we've been recording but we just i'm gonna google
0: it, aren't aware of it fbi yet. raid mar-a-lago <laughs> nope Nope.
1: nothing in the last hour wait i should check twitter that's where all the news happens <laughs> right but i'm sure there will be more by next week and we will uh bring it to you that's what everyone comes to us for the, the breaking news
0: well the new york times posted on twitter 12 minutes ago about read the search warrant for donald trump's home i think we're pretty up to date then okay we're better than Twitter. we we technically gave this to you you don't realize it but we recorded this earlier than new york times gave it to you we're better well than new york and times. by I, the I, time
1: I sh- you actually are
0: able to listen to it it'll be nope nope <laughs> i am going from when we started <laughs> i don't care we're better than the new york times i just want to make that very clear
1: i've always thought so
0: let's talk about the primaries in the main segment here we go transition that was really a productive segment, wasn't it? It's hard to get any word in with this clown. So we've been gone for two weeks, which there were a couple of different primaries that happened, most of which happened on Tuesday that we just passed. However, Including our own state of Wisconsin. Including our own state of Wisconsin. So what we want to do is break down some of these primaries and what they say about the upcoming elections in November. So I want to start with the most recent one, Jason, with Kansas. Probably almost everyone knows about this one, where it was the voters deciding to keep abortion legal in the state and rejecting an amendment, making it so they could potentially overturn the constitutional amendment in their state.
1: Right. So they put it specifically on a primary. Which was intended to have low turnout. In a very red state. Yes. Assuming that, well, most offices are just going to have Republicans running. Right. Or even if they're in the more Democratic areas like the big cities, then you're just going to have Democrats running unopposed where you don't really have a high turnout for Democrats in this primary. It's mostly Republicans running against each other when the primaries are basically their elections. Right. So you have a higher Republican turnout and they assumed that, well, we'll throw this bill saying that we can change the state constitution to make abortion illegal and It'll be mostly Republicans voting, so it'll pass. And that did not happen. Did not happen at all. Voters there were
0: overwhelmingly voted no. And record turnouts. I think it was like an 18 point margin or something like that.
1: And even in Republican areas.
0: Yeah, all, even like in the rural areas.
1: They still, even though they may have like slightly been like, you know, 58% to 42%. Still against you're still looking at that versus their presidential election where trump won by you know 30 points right but this bill or this amendment would have just barely passed in those same counties. So it is showing that maybe Republicans misread the amount of support for completely making abortion illegal and that it is more of a fringe idea that may be popular among lawmakers and...
0: It's political elites. That's basically... Or it's the hardcore Christian right.
1: Right. It it might be popular among Supreme Court justices Might not be so popular among American people. Right. I I completely agree with that.
0: And that's, I'm glad you brought that up too, because when you look at the Kansas voters, they also do not want like fully legalized abortion either, right? They want more nuanced takes. They were just so distraught about what would actually end up happening if they overturned that constitutional amendment that they all voted no. And it was like at unprecedented levels too. I think what they say, like at, they voted at around, was it 2008
1: Obama levels? Right. Like high. Higher than the last presidential election. Yeah, it was crazy. So uh, hopefully, this signals that you know that Democrats are going to turn out in the midterm elections to vote for candidates that want to protect abortion rights. That's that would be best case scenario.
0: That would be, and I don't think that's going to be the case necessarily because I do think referendum. And it's not; it wasn't a referendum. But I'm just going to say that because I don't know what the exact thing was for this but when it comes to like issue based items on ballots that is much more cut and dry compared to what candidates are because once you get candidates in the picture you start getting like ideology how good the candidates are they
1: got those letters next to their name
0: right exactly so I'm still concerned that it's not all that predictive and that Democrats should not be celebrating quite yet because of the, I mean they should be celebrating for the Kansas people that's great but I don't know how predictive this would be for November at least that's my personal take
1: yeah, It certainly means that try to get some something, some wording about abortion, a referendum, an amendment, anything you can, I guess, on the ballot that it would be helpful. So let's move over
0: to Minnesota. So there were two big things that came out of Minnesota. There was um, a special election that was taking place. Ilan Omar had a primary race as well as the Secretary of State primary for the GOP. Well, and Dem as well. Ilan Omar barely won her primary race.
1: Yeah, generally a fairly popular... At least you would have thought so right so she right. has been so she's the in last... the more
0: min- minneapolis area um she was challenged by a centrist democrat don samuels who's on the city council and the main contention was over policing and it was samuels accusing omar of being like too far left and support defunding the police with h- rising crime happening all throughout the area and that she just doesn't represent the people good enough basically
1: obviously minnesota being where we had the george floyd killing yeah so yes uh she did barely win as much closer than I would like. She is known as she's part of the squad, one of the more progressive members of Congress, has been fairly popular ever since she came into office. She's got a great story. She is a Somali immigrant. There is a large Somali population in Minnesota. She's a great representative for them. At least we would argue for it, but yeah. yeah.
0: I, th- I will say, if you look at Omar's statement saying, like, well, we won because the people chose progressive ideals today, Blah, 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 blah. And then Don Samuels went out and said, you know, I hope this sends a message to Omar saying that she can't embrace extremism and all that fun stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Fine. I will say, though, even if Omar is this fragile or this vulnerable to losing a primary like this in her area, that means the defund the police stuff is not working well in cities. And we're kind of seeing this even in Milwaukee as well. We saw this like with the Milwaukee mayoral race. If You remember that, Jason, but it, even Democrats are just not OK with the right rising crime or even the perception of it's a perception crime. let's it's, it's, let's put perce- it that way it's yes. a
1: media-fueled narrative because that's what gets ad revenue that's what Correct. gets people watching that's what makes money that's what it's about right and they you look at the actual numbers the crime's not it, rising. It's, it's consistent it's
0: yeah and they immediately conflate that with defund the police even the in areas
1: up. where the budget for for police has only gone up ever right which is 99 percent of america And again, it's a messaging issue, too, where defund the police to most people, it sounds like you're saying get rid of the police or have less police to handle violent crime, which is not what the message of defund the police is. It's literally to try to take a lot of the burden of the nonviolent crime or just the regular like calls for wellness checks away from the police because they're not the best place to handle it. And it overburdens them. And you're better off having somebody else who is trained specifically to handle those types. Types of calls handle them
0: right although i will say though like that's where i think my biggest issue with defund the police movement is which is the fact that you even have to explain that mean that's that it's a not great slogan
1: well you have to explain it because the right attacks it as being well get rid of the police and because, they have those ads where the phone just rings yeah. and oh i'm sorry there's nobody to answer your call because we got defunded
0: but it's because they explicitly believe that defunding means you're going to abolish it so
1: like i i I but who about, gave them that impression? They did, literally.
0: Because let's look back at defund Planned Parenthood. They did not mean to reallocate resources in Planned. Parenthood. They wanted to abolish and destroy Planned Parenthood. When we see people talking about defunding the FBI right now, they're not talking about reallocating resources for a better, well, more they healthy it, way. actually,
1: I would argue that they are saying defund the FBI. As in, yes, the FBI can still exist, but they need to not go after white people see, anymore. I, I don't. Th-
0: I think they're literally trying I, to say like this is a bad organization you just gotta get rid of it I think that's what they mean by defund and now granted I actually am still in favor of using defund the police not at the mass level but at least on the I think the left should the activists should because that pushes the Overton window over and I think it works very well that way but if you want to talk strictly about whether or not the slogan itself works it doesn't only because of how conservatives and moderates have already viewed what the term defund was and that's what sucks with it It's it's not the activist's fault it's literally the fault of the people who are hearing it and that's the only thing so I would only say what this race with Omar says to us is that we just be very careful with how people interpret these messages about the police because they are so sensitive to crime issues especially in big cities and if big city Democrats are already concerned about high crime God forbid what's happening outside of that in more exurb, like suburban exurban, and rural areas areas with lower crime rates literally because they're afraid of black people so and then on top of that for the GOP Secretary of State we have an election denied Kim Crockett, she won. It's great. She was gonna she's gonna decertify the election results if she wins the general election. That's gonna be bad. She probably won't win, but it's concerning.
1: And and we'll I think we'll get into a little bit more when we get to Wisconsin. But yes, the Secretary of State positions in any swing state or state that's even close is going to be extremely important.
0: Yeah, and I believe she was the Trump endorsed candidate in that one as well. Um in Connecticut, we have Leora or Laura, I don't know. Don't care. Leora Levy. Won the GOP Senate primary. She was the Trump endorsement, and she was actually nominated twice under Trump's administration to be the ambassador of Chile. She she did not go through. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say what happened then. Uh
0: didn't it did not work out. Nothing really to say about that because of course it's Connecticut, so she won't win. Vermont Becca Bayland wins the Dem Congressional primary, where she will actually become I was I was really shocked to hear about this. Might be the first congresswoman from Vermont. So that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Surprising. If, if
0: that were if that was gonna tell us anything, it tells me that Vermont's a little bit less progressive than I thought they were. <laughs> Come on, Vermont. What do you doing? All those
1: East Coast states are always a little weird to me.
0: What are you doing over there, Vermont? And then finally, the beautiful Midwestern states above them all. When you say Wisconsin, you said it all.
1: We had our last episode two weeks ago was all about the GOP governor debate.
0: I mean, and it, it showed that the GOP primary was the race to watch on Tuesday
1: night. And it also showed that that debate did not matter at all. Not at Bit because the person that we said unanimously did the worst in that debate and had no real message and just looked like a sweaty mess won the primary. He did.
0: Tim Michaels, the Trump endorsed construction mastermind, and something on his lip that he still has not taken off yet, (laughs) wins the GOP nomination. So, the big takeaways with this Michaels won Waukesha County, which, if you guys who are outside Wisconsin, is the stronghold for Republicans. in our state these are ex-urban areas like kind of in between milwaukee and madison it's
1: where we broadcast from
0: a little bit oh you are technically we are one. in waukesha oh. county
1: on the edge of waukesha
0: county you're but right. we are right I, I have to county. come into waukesha county to do this you're right and what's interesting is that cleafish took all the metro areas so milwaukee county matt or dane county i believe some like in green bay fox valley areas she took all those like in the more populous but michael won everywhere else in the state
1: which is what you'd expect that's usually the way most of The statewide elections go is that Milwaukee County, Dane County, Brown County, which is where Green Bay is. Yeah. Thank um, you. And then potentially La Crosse go for the Democrat. The rest of the state goes for Republican. But because of the population differences, we're still generally a blue state. And if you get a large support in those large population counties, you can still carry the state. And that does make a difference. We didn't really talk about any of the other states because we don't know off the top of our heads. But our primaries here in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, you can vote for whichever party you want, but it's a single party primary. Correct. So you can only vote for either Republican, Democrat, or Green Party, whatever other party they have on the ballot, but that's the only, you can only, it's a single party vote.
0: Yeah. It's open, but that's all. It's a single primary.
1: So even though Rebecca Clayfish carried Milwaukee, Dane County, Brown County, the, the majority of people in those counties were not voting in the Republican primary. Correct. So it was not going to be enough to overcome uh, Tim Michaels winning in every other Hick county in in Wisconsin.
0: <laughs> so what what do you think this tells us? Like why why do you think Wisconsin Republicans chose Michaels over Cleavish?
1: Well, they didn't watch the debate. Shocker. <laughs> And I think they bought into. I mean, it was basically. Well, when they listen like? to our podcast, Jason, if they listen to our <laughs> podcast, they would
0: know what happened.
1: Uh, well, we did. We did also have the the anti Rebecca Clayfish. Maybe they just were behind on our podcast. They hadn't watched. They hadn't listened to the last episode. Yeah, they're still they're going like,
0: through the backlog. <laughs> we know they, that
1: they don't like Rebecca Clayfish. So, but generally, what in my mind, and I think in a lot of people's minds, it was Scott Walker versus Donald Trump. I, I would
0: break that down even more and say it's establishment versus anti-establishment.
1: Sure. Uh, And certainly in that scenario, Donald Trump slash Tim Michaels is the anti-establishment, you know, the I'm not a politician, I'm a businessman. Well,
0: and he literally says that he's he's, he literally said that he was a political outsider.
1: And if you look at his campaign expenses, he has given quite a lot of money to Michael's corporation. So he seems very much in the mold of Donald Trump. Yes. Where a lot of money is going to be funneled to his family's business business uh, even though again he claims to be the owner on the ads that i've seen and he is not in fact the owner he is a vice president his brother is the president and ceo but whatever that's that's the way i see it is you looked at rebecca clayfish as being scott walker obviously foxconn yeah. is going to hurt her she was a big proponent of foxconn as a huge failed investment that has cost specifically a local community of pleasant prairie tens of millions of dollars yeah. Which they don't have being a small community. It's cost the state millions of dollars, and we've gotten absolutely nothing out of it except being scammed by a Chinese technology company who scammed our former governor, Scott Walker, and Lieutenant Governor, Rebecca Clayfish. And that's it's a it is hard to uh overcome that. The only person that actually made any money out of that deal is in fact Tim Michaels, yep, who made tens, if not hundreds, of millions of dollars uh with his construction company. Building roads for this Foxconn factory that never, uh, never made Can anything be. or really employed many people at all. Right. They so did,
0: they did ride go-karts, though.
1: Yeah, they did ride go-karts until the batteries ran out, and then they left them in the empty warehouse. Which is, if you find the. I've, uh, the verge yeah the verge article about that is hilarious oh my god so good. <laughs> or if you look at one of our episodes we have all that in the the show notes god, that
0: seems so long ago
1: <laughs> it was quite a while ago but yeah i mean when you look at that versus donald trump came to Waukesha specifically to yeah. campaign for tim michaels and campaign against robin voss which we'll talk about in a second that's that's what your choice was you had scott walker campaigning for rebecca clayfish donald trump campaigning for tim michaels well and mike pence right also for yeah rebecca clayfish that seems to be the schism right now in the republican party yeah the, the mike pence versus donald trump and no one likes mike pence no so i it's not terribly surprising Again, because those voters don't care about issues, they're not going to watch a debate. That's not what's important to them. And they don't even care. The thing is, out of the candidates running, and we talked about that in the the debate episode, Tim Michaels is not even like the crazy Trump conspiracy guy. No. In fact, Clayfish was way worse than he was. The other Tim, Tim Rantham, was the crazier, I'm going to decertify the election if I become governor. And he got no support. Which is kind of what he got we predicted. 6%. <laughs> that's that's you, very little. Didn't you even get into double. You digits. give him that. All right. He <laughs> tried very hard all of the members of his family voted for him. I'll give him that, probably. But that's it. I, he had no support anywhere in the state. And he is the, the real crazy, if, if Trump was running, he would have been Tim Rantham. Yeah. And that got no support. So it's kind of double-edged when you look at what Michael says, he is almost in line with Clayfish on every single issue. They had no difference. It was just, well, I'm the Trump guy, and you were Scott Walker's lieutenant governor.
0: Also, and that's what scares me, I think, the most about Tim Michaels. He is really dumb. <laughs> that's beyond saying. But what scares me the most is that you are correct. It doesn't matter what Tim Michaels said. It's his persona. It's his look that they like, which is also why they liked Trump so much. It's this charismatic white dude who is, is this supposed
1: charismatic, to... though.
0: He's the most charismatic out of the three of them. I don't know. I again, I again. I mean, again, I would say from the debate, that didn't work out so well, but besides the debate he can get way louder than rebecca clayfish can he can get more energetic than clayfish can and he has this rugged you know i'm a construction worker and veteran guy thing going for him so i think that's all that people need to hear and like sure why not i don't care what he says at that point
1: well yeah he certainly is not saying a whole heck of a lot right to be honest i do think that this might be a win for tony evers in that i think it will be easier to defeat a tim michaels versus a rebecca clayfish i personally
0: i think so too To to be fully i mean i'm still debating this myself but i i think
1: i agree with you you can run against trump if you want yep which is always a plus especially if trump ends up being indicted at some point before the general election and you can basically push all of the radical stuff and tony evers is nothing if not moderate right so it's going to be hard now it's usually like you run to the extreme in the primary and then you come to the middle during the general, Tony Evers doesn't have to move. No, not at all. And Tim Michaels really can't move to the center. Not at it. He's, he's and he was already there. I mean, he can't be more moderate in his messages. There's nothing for him to back away from.
0: I mean, the guy's have, like, no education for illegals. Like he, He's super rich. And he didn't he even says. know
1: what DACA was. No! <laughs> but there's no, I mean, where's he gonna go? He can't move, and Evers has more funding than he has as well even though michaels is rich and just fund his own campaign but how long is that gonna last right so yeah i don't uh, I, I think clayfish is a much better politician and she would have been more difficult to run against because she's more polished i mean there evers would have just run against scott walker again i suppose yeah i agree uh and just played it that way but now even with Tim Michaels, he can run against Trump. Yep. And Trump, again, lost in the state of Wisconsin. Yes, he really did. <laughs> and as we'll see here, as we talk about the other offices that were up uh, for the GOP, their extreme candidates did not do very well. No, I was going to say
0: that. So let's move on to some of the lower ones. For Attorney General, we had Eric Tony, who won the GOP nomination. He was the more moderate of the candidates, did not outright deny the 2020 election results as others did. But did pledge to prosecute the Wisconsin Elections Commission for
1: 2020.
0: Then we also had Amy Loudenbeck, who won the GOP Secretary of State
1: nomination. And she is certainly a much more moderate position. She was the most out of the it was a three yeah. candidate race. Yeah. Jay Schrader came in second, not the qu- quarterback from the Raiders in the eighties, by the way, <laughs> but he came in second. And then the extreme candidate, the conspiracy theorist podcaster, scumbag, came in a very distant third so and Amy Loudenbeck, I mean now they're all saying much like Eric Tony being against the Wisconsin Election Commission and all three of the governor candidates that all wanted to dissolve the Wisconsin Elections Commission all three of the people running for Secretary of State also said they would dissolve the Wisconsin Elections Commission and take the power uh, over elections into the office of the Secretary of State Loudenbeck initially didn't even start with that position she had to change her stance when she announced that she was running she said that she wanted the secretary of state to work as a check against the wisconsin election commission and when both of the people running against her had said they wanted to dissolve the wisconsin election commission she had to then change to that
0: well because again that's what the overton window is all about so we talked about how the overton window works really well with defund the police where now you can say hey i'm going to reform the police and do all these same things that Defund the Police does, but just under a different guise of moderatism. It's the same thing with this now, where decertifying the election results are pushing people so far to the right that they're going to dismantle everything except actually doing decertification.
1: And as we talked about, the Secretary of State position is going to be extremely important for swing states. What can happen if the Secretary of State has power over the election is it will enable them, and if they're especially any of the the gop candidates will give them the power to do what trump failed to do in 2020 which is to overturn the results of the election say 2024 rolls around we've got amy Loudenbeck as our secretary of state Wisconsin election commission has been dissolved by governor tim michaels and the gerrymandered state legislature that would allow her to elect whoever she wants to be the the electors the the fake slate of electors that ron johnson tried to give to our senator from wisconsin ron johnson tried to give to the vice president that could very much become a reality i agree currently because we have the republican created <laughs> wisconsin elections commission the bipartisan commission created by the republican state legislature the secretary of state basically does very little in wisconsin and we've had the same secretary of state for longer than i've been alive doug LaFollette has been the secretary of state for a <laughs> Longer than I have been around, which is crazy. And he won his primary. And and he won his primary. 81 years old, uh, won his primary. And if he becomes the Secretary of State once again, or remains the Secretary of State, obviously the state legislature is not going to do anything to grant him any power. Right. Which is fine. Uh, And if, even if, he loses the secretary of state but tony evers remains the governor he would be able to as long as the state legislature does not have a supermajority and cannot override a veto he would be able to veto giving those powers to the state legislature or the uh, secretary of state but it's very so it's it's very important if you want to protect elections in wisconsin and not see what almost happened two years ago where literally our votes were almost thrown out and the state of wisconsin declared for trump incorrectly for donald trump if you do not want to see that happen it's very important that we not only vote for tony evers for governor but also for doug Follette as secretary of state well and josh call for, uh, as attorney, attorney general, general. Yes. yes but those and those positions the secretary of state does control elections in a lot of states so it's it's become like it's usually just like a small it's a
0: nothing burger yeah
1: like nobody really cares about but it really is something that you have to watch for now. Right. Now, the other big race that came out of the Wisconsin primary
0: I was not ready for this Was
1: Robin Voss, the Speaker of the State Senate
0: One of the most entrenched and strongest Republicans in the
1: state Yeah, someone that we do not like in any way, shape, or form The guy who said that uh, in-person voting is 100% safe during a pandemic While basically wearing a hazmat suit Right, while literally being covered from head to toe in plastic Face shield, gloves, surgical gown, everything. Oh, it's perfectly safe. Come on down. I'm here. Oh, that was the craziest thing ever. He only won his election, his primary election to his Trump endorsed opponent. Who
0: I didn't even know he even
1: had a primary (laughs) opponent. By two points. 51% to 49%. That's crazy. Adam Steen, which is like no one knew who he was a week ago. No,
0: no, not at all.
1: Uh, Trump endorsed him when he came to Waukesha for rally, a quote from Trump on Robin Voss. This was a truth social post. A lot of people will be voting against Voss on Tuesday, and for very good reason. A do-nothing rhino. Which is Crazy. insane. Like, Robin Voss is the most conservative, gerrymandered the hell out of our state, yeah. took power away from the governor. Literally one of the most corrupt, power-hungry people
0: you'll know. And again, the only way I can even describe him for people who are not from Wisconsin is is our well technically he's in the senate and then federal level, but literally our mitch mcconnell that is the only way i can describe robin voss to you and but i i guess that's still accurate because people still think mitch mcconnell's a rhino now
1: right so Be- because I, he's knows? also not 100 percent on board with trump. right and really this all just breaks down to the fact that robin voss keeps telling donald trump over and over again and he keeps getting called he got called last month by donald trump asking him to decertify the election results from two years ago Yep. And he keeps telling Donald Trump that he cannot, that it's unconstitutional, that there he can't do it. And because of that, Donald Trump wants him to be removed.
0: Wouldn't that have been crazy if he actually lost, though?
1: It came very close to it. I mean, I would have liked it just because I think that Adam Steen could have been defeated by a Democrat in the general, whereas Robin Voss won't be. Right, And I, I'm in the weird position of almost rooting for Robin Voss. I mean, I don't like this this is terrible
0: was it bad okay so i know steen would have been way worse than voss right i completely
1: understand that
0: is it bad that i almost wanted steen to win though just because i wanted
1: shakeup and just chaos in the republican party <laughs> i it's hard i mean you can come up with Points on both sides for sure, like I said, uh, Steen would have been much more open to a challenge from a Democrat, whereas Voss is not. You get this quote from Robin Voss, which I can't disagree with. He told the AP that his win proved that lawmakers don't have to be a lapdog to whatever Donald Trump says. I, I, I disagree i can't i like, disagree
0: with that because again it, with how entrenched he was he almost lost to some random no-name dude from one speech from donald trump if they put more time into steen's campaign he would have won so it, again it kind of goes back to the whole ilhan omar thing where it's like sure the incumbent won which they should have won anyway but the fact that it was as close as it was should send a message within itself that's what scares me
1: and another crazy part of this is robin Voss has done everything he could do to try to appease Donald Trump. We have the ridiculous (laughs) investigation election audit investigation by insane former Wisconsin State Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman, who incidentally was at that rally campaigning for Adam Steen against the person who put him on as special counsel in this election and has paid him over a million Hey Jason, now that Robin Voss won, you want to guess who doesn't have a job anymore? <laughs> I know very well who doesn't have a job <laughs> anymore. Because it was announced earlier today. That the office of special <laughs> counsel has been dissolved, and the election investigation goes out with a whimper, not with a bang.
0: What a, what a way for this to go, and what a waste! Literally, the only reason this whole thing stops is because of pettiness. That is it. If if Gableman did not endorse his opponent, he would have still been able to keep going. The only reason why that Voss fired him and ended the investigation was said, "Nope, I'm done. Screw off," and then just fired him and said them packing.
1: Wasted over a million dollars of taxpayers' money... <laughs> (laughs) Oh my god Over a year So many So many court cases Because Gableman's office Refuses to Comply with anything Yeah open records Standards As everyone wants right Well show us All this evidence That you're That you say you have In these reports Where is the evidence Of all this voter fraud Produce it And they're getting Hundreds of thousands Of dollars worth of fines From courts Because they're not Producing documents That they're Legally required to keep Under state law That taxpayers are paying. They're
0: using taxpayer money to pay for the dang legislation and they increase it. Voss increased that budget to pay for future lawsuits because they refused to keep going along with
1: complying. And now the only reason that it has finally ended is because Michael Gableman is even too crazy for Robin Voss. Because again the only outcome that he would have accepted is the impossible, which was somehow decertifying the election from 2020, which could not happen no is against the state constitution is not possible but donald trump and michael gableman and tim rantham don't seem to understand they will not accept that much like the fact that donald trump lost the election they just will not accept it it's as much a reality as the fact that the election cannot be decertified but reality is just a concept that they cannot grasp
0: so to conclude this whole thing what big takeaways did you see from not just Wisconsin, but everywhere else, what, what should we be concluding? With
1: well, this? I will say in Wisconsin that being an extremist and being that conspiracy theorist does not seem to help you very much. Yes, Trump's endorsement helps, but behaving like Trump and pushing the same theories that Trump is pushing don't win you anything. We saw that. The, those candidates, the Tim Ranthams of the world, didn't do anything. They didn't win. They were not even a close second.
0: But And I would argue that if, if you don't, Copy what Trump says, but if you act like him and embody his persona, that's what gets you votes. That's what Tim Michaels did. And that's what Adam Sheen did, or whatever his name was.
1: Adam Steen. Steen. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I think people were voting against Robin Voss more than they were voting well for yes. anyone.
0: And well, that's my thing. So I do think it was a win for Trump. I think it was a big win for Trump. But even more so, I think if we're going to take anything away from that night for the primaries, it was especially in the the anti-establishment outsider candidates are winning out and i know robin voss technically won but again the fact that you have one of the most entrenched republicans in the entire state and to a point where i didn't even know he even had a primary until election night itself and i was only even told that it was close by you know watching the elections that night really tells me that people were voting definitely against the establishment republicans but
1: here's the thing trump has been railing against robin voss for years. Yes, he has. And I've heard crazy Republicans talk about Robin Voss again for a year for two years now and how much they hate him. So it's not that much of a surprise to me to say, yeah, if he would have a primary opponent and especially if that primary opponent would get Donald Trump's endorsement. Again, Donald Trump is extremely petty. He is. And doesn't care. And the Republican Party right now doesn't care what your record is, doesn't care how conservative you are. It's how much much you're willing to kiss the ring just look at liz cheney she is one of the most conservative members of the house has voted with donald trump 90 some percent and it does not matter because she didn't go along with the coup yeah and it's the same thing with robin voss robin voss is a reprehensible horrible conservative douchebag but it doesn't matter he didn't overthrow the election results and that's the only thing they care about that's that's it and trump doesn't like him so now we don't like him either and that's exactly what you see with Liz Cheney is what you saw with Robin Voss. And it doesn't matter who Liz Cheney's opponent is. Same thing. It didn't matter who Robin Voss's opponent was. They were always going to vote for that person because they just hate Rob- Robin. Voss is a traitor. He didn't overturn the election.
0: Yeah, they're just voting
1: against and voting
0: for. So what do you think this says about November
1: then? Again, I think Democrats need to point out what it means if, their opponents get in. What it means if Tim Michaels gets in. Do you want to keep our 1849 law On abortion that's what tim michaels represents do you want to have an election that will be determined by a single person that's what having the republican candidate for attorney general and secretary of state will mean and i think if you run on that message that will generate a lot more support and that message resonates better and i think with what we saw that the real extremists the real conspiracy people lost i think I think that's what Democrats need to paint their opponents as. I agree. And instead of being a referendum on Tony Evers, it needs to be a referendum on overturning the election and getting rid of democracy in the state, because that's really what's
0: at stake. And at least for some good news for Democrats, I mean, the predictability value isn't the best, but two, I think, big facts came out of the primary election, at least in Wisconsin, was number one, it was a high turnout primary compared to other primary elections it was it wasn't like a 2008 obama level like it was in kansas but we didn't have as many crazy things happening that time so still a decently high turnout primary election that's good
1: well also i think the on the democrat side the big democrat election was decided yeah it was our everyone had already dropped yeah, out Minda,
0: M- oh, we didn't actually to talk about that but mandel barnes is the yeah M- senate <laughs> right guy
1: it's fine don't worry about
0: it. um but also there were more Democrat voters than there were Republican voters that does not mean that turnout in November is going to be that exact same way so don't get crazy yet but what that does show is that at least for this year there is a larger Democratic base than there is a Republican base and that could be very good come November if we can turn out even more of that by we'll say even like a by a margin of you know 10 or something like that would be fantastic so let's hope we can get those numbers up in Milwaukee and Madison and then we should hopefully be able to win for Tony Evers, Josh, call Doug Follette Mandela Barnes, everybody at the statewide level, and hopefully knock out all these crazy Republicans that Jason was talking about.
1: And vote for local reps, too. We need to stop yeah. the Republicans from getting a supermajority yeah, in literally. the extremely gerrymandered uh, state legislature. Save
0: the veto, man. It, it's a real thing. We're, g- we're about to have a vast majority of Republicans based on gerrymandering, and we only have a couple
1: of seats we can give away. So it's very important, as always, to vote regardless
0: of like like we say in every single ending of our main segment after tons of doom and gloom make sure you go vote
1: as you hear from a lot of so-called progressives that are just like burn the whole thing down vote third party don't vote for Democrats they lie or don't vote at all show them they have to win your vote that's you're it's going so to end counterproductive
0: our yeah you're, you're going to end our country if you do that literally there's not even like a hyperbolic stance above that anymore it's just straight up if you do that the consequence will be we will not have a functioning democracy in our country anymore that is it point blank done simple end of story so go vote request your absentee ballot if you didn't do it already, get ready for it. November is in a couple of months. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you in the next episode. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at ThinkPropod. You can email us at thinkpropod at gmail.com. And remember, when in doubt, think progressively. You know, I I say prime or fry I say like Friday like you just cut it in. Have you ever noticed that? I say it the exact same way every week. Like this episode was recorded on Friday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know, I literally do. I do the and I'm Jason the same way too though. So it's just kind of a cadence.
0: in reality we actually just leave it I'm Joe. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> and you just edit it in later. Hang on. <laughs> oh, God. Oh no. I'm dying, Jason. I'm dying <laughs> This 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 shouldn't happen.
1: Well we made it all the way to episode seventy. Oh I finally get some good news and it was, I can't. It was always gonna end sometime. <laughs>